Pachango. Welcome to another edition of Tangentially Speaking, ladies and gentlemen. This one is special. They're all special, but this one's especially special. This is a conversation I had with Tom Pepe and Tom Wilson, who are... God, they should have been in the Tom Tom Club, you know, when you think about it. But they are nomads. K-N-O-W-M-A-D-S. They're a rap hip-hop duo out of Seattle. Somebody sent me some of their music years ago, one of you, I think. Um, somebody who listens to the podcast just sent me a link to something or an mp3, I don't know what it was, and and they said, hey, check these guys out, I think you dig them, and oh man, I really, I really dig them. Uh, I've been listening to them ever since, as I say, it's it's been years, and um, they come at let me put this another way. I think a lot of hip hop is posing, right? A lot of, and and maybe it's unintentional. In some cases, I think it, it is intentional that people, performers assume a character and that character in the case of hip hop is often a gangster or a pimp or just a, you know, hard ass, tough guy uh, who doesn't give a shit about bitches and it's all about the crystal and I'm in the club and, you know, I'll fuck you up if you come near me and you look at me wrong. And it's a lot of macho fucking posturing. <clears throat> and, you know, nothing against 50 Cent or Dre or Snoop. I mean, th- those guys make awesome tunes and I'm a fan. But you know me, I like sincerity. I feel like if you're not coming from the heart, then you might put on a great show and it might be really amusing and it might be fun to dance to and it might be, you know, hypnotic. Um, But it lacks heart. It it lacks, it's never going to really touch me, right? Whereas someone who's coming from the heart, maybe the artistry isn't as great. Maybe it's not as slick. Maybe the beat's not as tight. Maybe the pocket's not quite perfect. Whatever. it To me, it doesn't matter because I feel it from the heart. I, there's a song. Um, I, I interviewed Moby a couple of weeks ago. I haven't released it yet, but that's coming soon. Um, there's this, this, probably his most famous song, um, uh, he samples uh, a woman singing, Oh, Lordy, the troubles I've seen. I, I don't remember what the song's called. Um, <clears throat> but I saw a guy play that in a club in Barcelona one night. And there were about 15 people sitting around drinking beers in this little Irish pub. Ali was this guy's name. And uh, he was just playing a guitar and he played that song. And something happened when he played that song that felt like his chest opened up and 
his pure emotion filled the room. I don't know how else to describe it. It was like a wave of sincerity and vulnerability and truth just washed through that fucking dirty Irish bar at 11.30 on a Wednesday in Barcelona. And I heard that song for the first time, even though I'd heard it many times previous to that. There's something about sincerity in artistic expression that overrides everything else. And these guys get that. And, um, and that's not to say that they're not artistically tight as fuck and their lyrics are great and their music's great and their beats are cool. And yeah, they've got all that shit down, but what really gets me about these guys is that I feel like some of these songs were written at three o'clock in the morning and they're so sincere and revealing and touching um, that it's an honor to listen to them. So speaking of honors, uh, we're going to be premiering a new song by Nomads today. It drops on the 7th of July. I'm going to hold this. I'm recording this on the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Um, I'm going to hold this and drop it on the 7th because that's the release date for this new song. And I will play that at the end of the podcast. The song is called Imperfect. And yeah, that song really sounds like it was written at three o'clock in the morning. All right. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to, I want to, uh, go over and, and, uh, discuss with you guys, but I'll save that for a Roma episode because I want to get right to the music and the conversation. This is going to be a music heavy episode, which probably means it's going to be pulled from Spotify, even though I've got the artists right here expressly giving me permission to use their music. Uh, You know, it's all algorithms and AI and inhuman bullshit. So it probably, uh, if you listen to this podcast on Spotify, Um, listen quick because they'll probably pull it in a week or two. Um, but you can, you can always go to the sub stack and listen to it there. Uh, you don't need to be a subscriber to listen to the, the player there. If you are a subscriber, I will send you a link to watch the video of this conversation. If you want to see what these guys look like sitting on their back porch in Seattle. So that's chrisryan.substack.com. I'm going to start out with, uh, a tune that is... Very upbeat. Um, This one doesn't sound like it was written at three o'clock in the morning. This sounds like, you know, there's a feeling you get when you're like on a road trip with some friends and you're going down the highway and the windows are open and the music's pumping and you know you're about to have a really good time and you feel free and the wind's blowing through your hair. Yeah, that's what this song makes me feel. It's called... Uh, the good stuff. And then in parentheses, 101, they're going down the 101. Those of you in California know what I'm talking about. It's the highway that runs down along the coast most of the way. Hope you enjoy this. The 101 Nomads, the good stuff. Good stuff, and I can't stop Leaning in a rental car Speeding down the 101 
Sunset, this lone wolf stops to howl at the moon. Let's get that slow motion entrance that capture a room. Cause we're the center stage, we're chilling in back with my goons. This is for the rainy days and the change that's happening soon. The things I say make these rappers fast track to their tomb. Or they underdeveloped and have to call back in their womb. I breathe hazardous fumes, the home it ever concerned. Trying to act like they are part of this cheddar that's earned. Though it's smarter to save, I think it's better to burn. Like trying to get them 24th and that Chevy to turn. I got that good stuff, that Southern Cali hookup. Out of town, I send my workout, let my products do the push-ups. To the Bellagio, a legend in the game. I got more hits than Joe DiMaggio. Rocking shows from Montana to Monaco. The planet understand it's the resurrection of rock and roll. We blessed they riding for us. Give them that Tyrannosaurus. Damn, it's been a minute since someone spitted this kind of flow. We rising charts, give weak guard. It's a bleak season. How they got us competing with cats who never rhyme before. Let you work on yourself. You need some time alone. I take your girl around the globe. She fly out for a private show. I got it. To make foreign models and real estate Shorty riding with me, she's so high Can't feel her face Tom and Tom, Pepe and Wilson, also known as the Sir. Nomads. Are you the Nomads or just Nomads? I never know we're about both. the the. I think we're both, honestly. It depends if it's a formal occasion. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, is it if if you run into the Edge at a Thai restaurant, as I did one time, do you say, "How's it going, Edge?" or "How's it going, the Edge?" It's actually a great question. You know. We have been referred to as the nomads, but for all legal purposes, we are nomads. I think it's similar to <laughs> outcast or maybe, yeah, I mean, like a just one word, you know, I think one word. we don't, yeah. we're not like the Beatles. That's, that's a little bit more. I think also when people, when someone says to someone else, like, yo, do you know nomads? Maybe that feels like, you know, the do you no, know right we'll take we'll either we'll take either and it's it's yeah. both of them too right it's like 
It's like Steely Dan. Yeah. Do you know Steely Dan? It's two guys. Now, do you guys have a band or do you, is all the music stuff that you guys produce yourselves? So we have performed with a live band. We did a, there's a big festival in Seattle called Bumbershoot. Have you heard of Bumbershoot Festival? No. No. That's sort of like the big, I mean, it's, it's Seattle's version of Lollapalooza or Coachella. Um, but we performed with a live band. So we, we, at the time we turned all of our songs into live version. So the performance sounded a little bit more like a Rage Against the Machine or Red Hot Chili Peppers version of our songs, um, which was really fun. And definitely worth it because we had a, a unexpected, really big crowd, bigger than we thought. So it was really cool to kind of show out. But it actually but. sort of changes the the tone of the song. So when we initially started, uh, we would just produce beats ourselves. And when I say a beat, I just mean... You know, we would do the sample. drum track with the sample and bass and then yeah. we do the rap. That was sort of like the standard hip hop, -hop you know? formula yeah. um, right. that we we followed. And then, let's see, about 10 years ago, we started to work with this uh, this composer, I should say. Um, violinist. This violinist who's really a, a savant and and... We began to structure songs um, without samples. And so, you know. When everything's original. Yeah. So, when, and by original, we mean, you know, each track would be played out. So, we would play the piano out, the drums, the bass, the guitar, the synths, whatever it was. Um, His name is Peter Lee Johnson. Yeah. He's so, from that, Seattle as well. Yeah. So, that that's who's been our producer in, in later years. But, in terms of performing live, generally it's just the two of us. Mm. Um, I think that some of those things just come down to to budgets. You know, like we know a few uh, live bands here in Seattle, even live hip hop bands, and that's just uh, more more personalities to manage and more pockets to take care of. You know, because yeah. let's say you're doing a show and you're splitting eight hundred dollars on the show. Um, you have an eight, eight piece band. band, but here's yeah, the other that's thing like 60, also: sixty dollars a person. That, you don't all just meet, you don't all just meet up and and do the show. Like for right. bumper shoot, we probably had like twenty or thirty rehearsals. You know, like every Sunday for like three four months. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, it's in, in the end, yeah. The only reason why that worked was because we were in Seattle, or because they were the whole band we put together was in Seattle, and just made schedules work and I, I think bumper shoot might have paid us like 800 or a thousand dollars and i'm pretty sure we gave it all to the band, the band. <laughs> no i mean it, it can work and also you know when you're doing bigger tours but uh, tour, that's what i was gonna say is touring is a lot of hip-hop artists turn their their studio recordings into live versions like if you're gonna go think see so cool. a kendrick lamar or j cole live i'm pretty sure most of their their tracks are played out but it's almost like a tiny desk performance or something i wish mm, yeah yeah but yeah and also you end up like in a van with eight smelly dudes i mean who who wants to do that you know we <laughs> we have actually traveled it's with funny like that people. that brought back like a visceral experience <laughs> sorry about that we had <laughs> ourselves included we had a tour that we did some years back called the couch surfing tour uh and that was definitely like a very smelly van um <laughs> type experience some people live for that i think 
that's also easier, you know, like if you're, you know, stoned all the time, then, then that's a little easier to deal with. And I haven't been smoking or drinking for some years. So like my tolerance for, for to smell has changed. (laughs) Yeah. I hear that. You guys been doing this. You've been friends since before the band, right? And this, the band sort of grew out of the friendship. Is that right? Kind of. It's um, (laughs) well, with you and Jesse, I mean, I I would say, I actually feel like the friendship grew out of the band. I don't well, mean for, that. For you and me. Yeah. You know saying? So originally there were three members of the Nomads. Okay. And our friend, uh, Jesse, who used to, you know, make most of the beats and also rapped from the, from the, or I knew him from middle school and he went to a different high school. And then at some point, and he became friends with this guy. And at some point he hit me up and he was like, yo, there's this other Tom that goes to Roosevelt and I went to Ballard in a different high school and he was like, yo, he raps like you still rap. Right. And I was like, yeah, of course I rap. He's like, yo, I should battle. <laughs> so that back in the day, there was such a culture around, uh, around, you know, battling, especially at that level of like emceeing that when the two rival high school football teams played down at Memorial stadium, I would go from my like, you know, Ballard football side over to Pep's Roosevelt side. And we would just get it, get it going, get the battles just like to the point where people would come and like watch us in the little hallway more so than the game. And it just became, you know, I think with, with me and him, it started off as, you know, I don't know, maybe we hated each other, but I think it was mutual respect. I think we both (laughs) were very good at what we did. And can I give you some context for this? Wilson is referring to when we were 14 years old and he's talking about all of these things very seriously um but <laughs> that's a what, serious time i mean it is and it also it's a time when you t- might take yourself too seriously but that actually right. worked in our favor because you know i i think when you're 11 12 13 just entering high school sometimes you feel like you want to find your thing you know what can you compete in uh i thought that was basketball for me i thought it was skateboarding and then I found rap and rap battling, which actually really was a culture in like, what was that? Like 2004, 2005. I mean, it still is, but it, it was a way for you to compete, you know, like you didn't have to, to, you know, there was no social media or anything. So the fact that somebody, uh, you know, you, that you heard of their name or something, or this guy raps, it meant that, that you had sort of proven yourself in certain circles and, and we did a, there was like a citywide rap battle um, in 2006. And they had like a, you know, a different one rap representative from each of the public high schools in Seattle. There was like a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool, uh, what was it? It was like a, it was like an after school program or something that went and found a rapper from, from each of the 16 uh public high schools in the Seattle area and they organized this battle and the winner got $500 and I think it was 500 to like guitar center right was it I I might have just been a check but the reason Wilson says that is uh I won the battle Uh and we won we won the money (laughs) and we used that money to buy a microphone and 
you know, we were 16 and that was the first time that we started to record our own songs. Like we, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, of rappers from the early nineties who put out their first, uh, classic record when they were 17, 18 years old, groups like Outkast, Mob Deep. I I think Nas was 20, but that for us was like, okay, you know, this is the time you, you prove yourself, you know, right now, like you don't wait until you're 25. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we, for whatever reason, we're probably taking ourselves a lot more seriously than a lot of 16 year olds, 17 year olds. And we finished our first album while we were still in high school. We began getting offers to do shows in the local scene in Seattle. I remember we opened for Macklemore, like when we were seniors in high school, didn't think much of it, but it was a, it was like, you know, doing a show at a venue where they had other artists like MF Doom or Andre. Yeah. You know, and, and we got to, you know, perform on that same stage. And, and we have video from, from that time. And, and, you know, we were just sort of uh, so locked into our own reality that it didn't seem weird to us at the time. I hadn't even really considered all of the the politics of becoming a rapper or, or being an artist or, or sharing my, you know, my story publicly, but we were just doing it. And so we actually have some some gems from from that era of time, but yeah, I, I would say we. Became... To answer your question, we're just business. We don't. We're not actually friends. <laughs> you don't really like. We were. <laughs> well, the reason I asked was like in some of your stuff, there's there's a lot of um, looking back, a lot of uh, nostalgia. The song "Memories" is one of my absolute favorites. Mm. Um, you know, you talk somebody. I don't know who's talking. If it's Jesse or one of you guys talking about how you know your parents took me in because i was homeless uh somebody knows how to make a dollar with a pot and pan you know and i remember i got you yeah i mean there's a lot of these (laughs) really beautiful personal details you know when we die they'll probably make us into holograms you're thinking about fame i remember in Uh. port townsend you know the first time we played to a thousand i mean there's this there's a real it's it's literary you know it's it, it and the other thing i love about your your art is that you guys are are super vulnerable you're not it's not too short saying bitches ain't shit now i mean my point i got the biggest dick i got the car I, you guys are like you're you're opening your hearts it's it's fucking beautiful um the song what is it called pop culture where you're talking about like it's this whole conversation where you're sort of uh, a relationship is falling apart because you haven't made it and the woman's saying oh you're just this guy with a lot of dreams it, i mean it's um it's really beautiful and and i just wonder how you guys was there ever a decision you know because pepe you're just saying like we weren't really conscious of what we were doing and we weren't thinking about the implications but you weren't following the sort of normal path of braggadocio. You were doing something much more sincere than that. Um, Thank you. First off. Yeah. So I want to speak first to what you said with memories. Um, so that first verse, uh, that 
that's my voice on the first verse and, and Wilson on the second verse with the pot and pan. Um, but that feeling actually of memories, I just landed in Seattle. I haven't been in Seattle for a year now. And, you know, you get a feeling passing through certain spaces that you haven't been in in a long time. And you you can sort of time travel. You're just like, oh, okay, now I'm back in this point in time when when I was living this version of my life. And and that's sort of what what memory speaks to. You know, it's like different moments in life that yeah, I mean, maybe they they didn't feel the easiest at the time, but that's part of what wrote the story. Um, I think in terms of of not leaning on on ego in the rap and and storytelling i can't say that that's something specific to nomads i think that that's really what we were inspired by like when i think of my favorite rappers a lot of them were storytellers Mm -hmm. and it depends on the way in which they do it i mean being vulnerable to me is essential to art and i'm not saying specifically to hip-hop but if you're reading an author and they're letting you into their mind and their feelings then you have a much greater chance of being able to connect with that person and and take something and you know it it could be from from any medium you know like i think sometimes people look at at hip hop and they limit it to one one idea of of what they think uh hip hop is but really with any medium, if you're telling the truth or your version of the truth, there's a lot to be, to be gained from that. So there are, there are some artists that I really look to almost as mentors, to be honest, because I feel like those were the people who were just being the most honest with me. I was listening to their music. I was hearing how they were dealing with certain situations that maybe weren't talked about within family or weren't talked about with teachers. So I was learning from, from artists and, and that still happens to me. And I, I'm sure that a lot of people could relate to that idea. You know, you listen to a, a Kendrick Lamar album and you hear how he navigates a situation and you might be inspired by that. And so that was sort of what we emulated in our own version. We, you know, we're just talking about going through the stages of life. And I think the reason why a lot of our music feels like reminiscent or looking back is really just, you know, it's a reflection of our our self-awareness. You know, even one year later, you can look back on on what you did and and, and see it differently. Mm -hmm. And so. But when you're, I also, I feel like when you're like, and I, nothing against Too Short. I love Too Short to Death, don't get me wrong. But there is kind of like, it's easy to put yourself in this, in, in kind of like one lane to where, you know, there's kind of a, a kind of music that you're expected to make. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that, but I do feel like the the vulnerability kind of coincides with like with being uh versatile and like, you know, cuz being, you know, I wouldn't just say I would also say just honest and that's why at least for me, I feel like that's a big part of why our records all each record kind of like you see this progression if you if you listen to like our very early stuff and so on and so on all the way up to now it's like we i don't think we don't want to make the same record we've made before you know we want to make something new a new idea whereas you know i mean 
well, I guess we already kind of threw too short under the bus, but no, most too short, most too short songs sound, sound, sound the same. And that's also what yeah. I like about too short though. Right. You know, I know what I'm getting, I know what to expect. I know what I'm getting into and it, it has its place. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually well, want to also, speak to that. Yeah. Let, let me just make a point about too short since I brought him up here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was driving home from the hardware store yesterday and too short. Um, uh, I'm a player came on right which is bootsy collins singing background and you know i think about this a lot i think a lot of rap um i think you guys are are pretty unusual i think outcast has some real heart heartfelt songs as well um i think hey yeah for example is one of the most misunderstood songs thank you in the world yes you know about that i love hey yeah is a crazy it's such a sad song but it's such a sad song yeah so danceable so genius they were geniuses for that for sure oh yeah have you ever listened you guys ever listened to uh rick rubin's podcast it's called broken record i heard i heard him talk to andre yeah that that, that's what i was gonna say i mean you hear his you know his depression his just grief you know at the height of his success he's so alone and so but super vulnerable and anyway what i was gonna say about too short is I think Too Short and to some degree Snoop Dogg and Dre and all these guys, they are assuming a character. And in the case of Too Short, it's even making fun of the sort of Black West Coast rapper. I think it's a parody. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I also would say that I I feel like a lot of those guys, because I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm I guarantee Snoop was like you know when he came out with like gin and juice or like the early you know the early stuff i i feel like he was you know that was snoop that's through and through you know what i mean right but at a certain point like you know all these years later uh if you're still doing and i mean i guess he does like he's he's kind of all over the place he's on like pop hits he's you know he 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 kind of expanded his but his his style and kind of what he talks about is usually pretty much the same the same stuff and i don't know that's for that's always been like you know same thing as like you know what you're getting into with the stoop dog verse you don't gotta like yo run that back like (laughs) you know what he's gonna kind of it's almost like reminds me of like uh one of my older homies back in the day but he would freestyle because it'd be like kind of the same words he would rhyme all the time you know but i I want to comment on this idea of a character because i think that one of the beautiful things about hip-hop is that you could sort of claim your character in this, you know, this, it's like a universe of hip hop. And if, if you were a fan in the early days, or if you just were sort of later discovered like the nineties rap, I mean, these are all characters. You've got all of the Wu-Tang members, you got people like MF Doom, and even in the underground, you know, you could become a character, but, in a different way. When I think of brother Ali, you know, like there's a certain, there's a certain character there. And that's why when, when I think of our music, our music is vulnerable because that's who I am. If you talk to me within a couple hours, we're probably going to be talk talking about like who, well, like what, what really matters to you? Because I want to know. And what do you think about uh, life and death and, 
and what what motivates you because that's who I am as as a mind and as a, as a as a being and as a person. I don't necessarily think that I can comment on on who's authentic or not authentic in hip hop until I've met that person because I have been surprised sometimes. You know, you meet an artist and they are that character and it happens all the time and it's not even just limited to hip hop. Like I think especially in this day and age, you know, you see all of these influencers, they are a character. And how much time do they spend being that character? And sometimes you play a certain character because that's what's going to bring you success, yeah. you know? And there are, there are, of course, there are good, good ways to do it, bad ways. It you know, if you met Bun B, is Bun B, you know, is that authentic to who he is? Like, I would... Assume I mean, I yes. I mean, or you know, we did some shows he's at one point. Very, very small. De with Devin the dude. But can I hold on? Let me just say, because my entire life I thought Bun B was like six foot five. I always thought he was just like like a Suge Knight type of <laughs> and then I met him. I saw uh saw him perform at uh in Seattle and I I caught him outside like grabbing a slice of pizza and got a picture, said what's up. And then I looked at, I looked back at the picture and I'm like a whole head like like taller than him. I just I didn't know. But I'm just saying because in my eyes that character Bun B was like larger, larger than, than life. life. And, and, and and actually thinking about that right now, I'm like, I mean, part of that is the the beauty of hip hop. Like I remember the first time and and not just in hip hop, but if if you're an artist you know, you, you can be an energy that is bigger than, than just, you know, I've even, I've actually even got that too before. And I took it very sideways. A fan said, it was like super psyched. He was like, I thought you were going to be much bigger. And I was like, you are cool. You are cooler on record. I would say. <laughs> and but he was like, I, I was like, way tall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it's something to consider as well. You know, like when you are uh, Chris Ryan on, your podcast is that the same that is the Chris Ryan on the way to the hardware store. I think it all is, is sort of the same idea of like, what is our identity? And, and I would say that we found oh, identity through hip hop. Um, you know, we had certain rap names that people referred to us as, um, but it all, seems but at the end of the day, we ended up being ourselves. That was what we, we found to be our niche. Like, the reason why on record, you know, Wilson go, goes by Wilson, I go by Pepe is like, we wanted to be, we wanted to market ourselves. We wanted to push our story. And if that was something that people could connect to, then that would be our, our, our success or, or our failure. And I don't necessarily think that everybody can do that, you know, like it's, and, and there's more, there's more pressure there. If you, if you create a character, let's say you create a Slim Shady and Ooh, a vanilla ice that's even better and you, they created that and, and you put that out there and you're like this or even an action bronson who i love and i also how much of action bronson is a character that he lives outside of the record yeah and on record i mean i think it's him and i think it's beautiful there's I a lot of that. and and an, another one who i think is is really incredible is is who's basically checks all of these boxes is jay-z jay-z like he embodies this whole like he has this quintessential story you know he has the name jay-z because those are the two subway stops that meet the j and the z line and he has all of these different monikers hova and and he's like he is a persona 
But if you listen to his story, I mean, a lot of what he's getting across is autobiographical. And, and in the end, he does become this sort of, you know, demigod in a capital world. So King of New York. I mean, you know, he, he has this line, I made the Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee cane. What a line to say, you know, like that you have more sway than in, you know, like generations of a, Most of a famous sport, sports team like ever, you know, and, you know, and it could be true. I mean, it's just remarkable. So I think that people were able to make themselves into these, these huge um, and whether, icons. And also let rap. me say whether or not that's true or not, because obviously like, but in our eyes, when he, when we heard that line, it was like it it was kind of that moment of like there's some truth there to that. You know what it, I mean? It Whether sounds... it's a universal truth, but it, to to us, it was like, damn, yeah. I mean, I I when yeah. I see that hat, I'm like, I yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds, it's it's sort of a callback to John Lennon saying the Beatles are more famous than Jesus. You know, hmm. it's, it's like yeah, to their fans, they fucking yeah. they were yeah yeah. Um, there's also a way, and I think you guys are getting at this. I think there's a way that we we can even being in character, you know, like Daniel Day Lewis, whatever role he's playing, he's totally sincere. Like he's not Abe Lincoln. He knows he's not Abe Lincoln, but as an actor, he's inhabiting the role in a way that his sincerity comes through to you. So just because you are assuming a role doesn't mean you are being false right mm-hmm. um do you guys know who dirt nasty is by any chance yeah yeah so simon rex is a good friend of mine and oh really okay yeah one day we were in um in a cafe in in la and the 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 waitress recognized me and she was like oh chris i listen to your podcast da, 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 da. and we had this whole thing and i gave her my phone number and i was like yeah give me a call we'll have a drink you know whatever and when we were leaving, Simon was like, dude, you never give a fan your phone number. Like, it is always a disaster. It's always going to be a bad thing. And I was like, well, I don't think so. I think it'll be fine. Anyway, this this woman and I are still friends. This is like five or six years later. And um, Simon and I talked about this a little bit. And he said, you know, I realized the difference is that people listen to your podcast. They, they're listening to you. People watch mm. me on stage or in a movie or something. Yeah. That's not yeah. me. That's a character he, I'm playing. That's kind of the epitome of the whole, like, that's a perfect example. Yeah, he definitely. But he does it. He does it so much, to, to, like, to a T where it's like, it's perfect. Because he, you know, you can listen to, you know, the music. You can also laugh with him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. you, don't, you don't feel like you're laughing at him. You feel like you're having a, you know. Well, he's done. Dirt, Dirt Nasty has has because Simon. I don't know if you guys know this, but he was in an incredible movie called Red Rocket a couple of years ago, and now he's mm-hmm. like he's in movies with fucking Al Pacino, and you know, like he's his whole career has gone wild. So he's left the, the awesome. Dirt Nasty thing behind. But yeah, just <laughs> just the nature of like how character can can give you a refuge, but also it sets you up for awkwardness when you're talking to a fan because they think they know you like simon's up there on stage with a vodka bottle full of water he's not even drunk right mm-hmm. he's just pretending it's all the fucking show <laughs> i i will say and i i know we're sort of you know uh going pretty deep with this topic but i do think it's it's something that 
that we've interfaced with a lot over the years. I remember at one point um, I was dating this girl in LA who told me that, you know, she was talking to the weekend and it, I mean, it was a casual thing, but you know, that the weekend was saying, you know, I I'm actually sober. I don't do any of the drugs that I talk about. And to me, I found that shocking and a bit appalling because the reality is like the character that you play as well as you play it, and even if you believe it in your mind, I mean, it, it, it can't have an impact. So, and there's repercussions. And it's not to say that, that we're free from that. I mean, there have been moments where I played into a character that I'm not really proud of, you know, like it was sort of more built on ego or self-hatred and, and that's shameful, but I mean, and similarly, you know, like uh, the weekend is a great artist. And if you listen through to some of the, the later stuff, you know, there is some reconciling and stuff, but there, there are certain like, uh, motifs that you can be encouraged to lean on and 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 when you play those roles people really think that's you and they really think that that's who they should be too um and i think the most extreme example of that and and, and it's not always on one person you know there's a lot of pressures around it when i think of eminem and the slim shady character and sort of how in the aftermath uh no pun intended of of that experience it's like eminem was lost you know or or marshall mathers he was like trying to remember who he was because he had been encouraged to really be a psycho like to be an unstable drug addicted psycho because that was who he was celebrated for being and so it's like at a certain point, the, the pop world might encourage you to be, you know, they, they might accept you when you're when you're a certain character. And I think it's even more complicated depending on on like what is the person that you represent. But yeah, I, I think that that's happened in rap and in a lot of places where people are sort of encouraged to be this destructive person, yeah. to say the least. Well, but but hold on. I also do feel like that the time when he came along was like if you look at that was like when you know uh backstreet boys nsync britney spears christina aguilera like all these like you know very these these pop um you know i mean i don't know like just just the weight of their music was was very was you know it was kind of like air it's you know it's pop music um and I think he came along and then, you know, I mean, there was gangster rap and all that, but he kind of came along and I don't think he, I I think he was making fun at, I don't think anybody was, was, uh, I mean, maybe later was like, Oh yeah. Like that, that over the top, you know, nine inch nails, mileage that works. Let's keep doing that. But you know what I mean? But I don't, I think from the, cause that was him. Even if you hear his stuff, like even before Dre, that was kind of his, but at the same time, I will say that, once everybody pinned him as oh he doesn't like you know he's homophobic and he he's a drug addict and he hates his you know his his mom and there's all this like stuff then he you know played into it what and then you're saying then he played into it or well i mean i'm saying he did the you know he did the uh just i am the way i I am say i am and songs like stan and like all these other you know um 
Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point, but I do also think because, and it's not, it's not particular to Eminem, but I do think there was a moment where the psycho killer, the Amityville, that was part of like, that was part of his character. He comes oh, yeah, he's, he's, talked with about a, he's talked about being like, and, I never, yeah. And it's, it's actually something that is, I've been living in Colombia for the past two years. So I've gotten really into reggaeton music. There's not a lot of killing talked about in yeah. reggaeton music. Not really. There's not a lot of uh, drug dealing and there's not a lot of killing. Like there's a lot of like sexual, like party, drink, maybe smoke weed. But that's where the focus is. And and even if you're listening to, you know, big reggaeton artists right now, like there's still like, you know, Bad Bunny or, or Fade. Or, they're not rapping about killing and yet they're huge. Whereas in rap culture, there's sort of always been this like hmm. to be to be the top dog in rap. I would say, I, I mean, think that Drake, though. Drake doesn't do any of that. Yeah. Right? So so Drake was probably the spinoff. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, I mean. Other than Drake's kind of an anomaly. Also, no, I mean, he changed the genre. Like Sugar Hill yeah. Gang, you know, they weren't, they oh, weren't yeah. talking about killing anybody. They were talking about getting a Girls. bad stomach from bad fried chicken, you know? Yeah, I mean, they were talking about, you know, cool clothes, cool car, beautiful women, and then also some, like, very grounded, like, I had crappy food at your, at your you know, at my friend's house, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? Well, what was the, <laughs> the first rap I ever heard was The Message by, uh... Grandmaster Flash? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, yeah. I got the weirdest thing, man. I, I hitchhiked to Alaska from New York when I was, like, 17 years old. And I had that, I had a cassette with that song on it. I listened mm. to it over and over again. So in my head, the message is connected to Alaska, which is about as far away <laughs> from a fucking message as you No, but that's, that's... You brought pretty, the message to Alaska. I brought the message. Did you make it to Alaska? Oh, yeah. I, I worked on a fishing boat. Uh, and then I went back to college and finished college. And then I hitchhiked back a, a second time. So I spent two summers up there, like gutting salmon. It was pretty intense. Actually, that was the first time I and went to Seattle on that trip. Oh, really? Yeah, I hitched. I hitched to Seattle, and then I took the ferry up the Inside Passage to Skagway, and then I hitched from Skagway to Kenai up through the. See, Yukon. that's. I wish. Yeah, I wish that was. We didn't quite like uh, make the the cut for like when all of a sudden hitchhiking became like it wasn't a thing anymore. And no, it sounds it was, so cool. <laughs> it wasn't cool when I was doing it. It was the end days oh. for sure. Okay. You know, the end days. it was the bitter, <laughs> the bitter aftermath of, of the hippie period. Yeah. It was like 83, <laughs> I think was the first time I did it. Although I will say there, there were some, there were some times like in our younger days where Wilson would be driving and I would make sure that we pitched, uh, picked up like a really strange hitchhiker. Like, <laughs> yeah i don't even know i think there should be like homeless people asking for help that would be like hop in yeah. <laughs> I, I mean yeah all in, it all already smells bad in here right yeah <laughs> we, yeah no we'll, we'll save that story we'll save that but one. yeah we'll I, cut that one. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that i do feel like um the music that's popular in a certain place is a reflection of sort of the consciousness of that place. So I don't think all yeah. of these, you know, I'm not going to put that all on Eminem. I'm not going to put it all on yeah, rap. Yeah. I'm going to put it on, on the violence of the United States. And I think that that comes across mm. in the music. Cause that's what people yeah. want to hear. I mean, that's like, 
championed in a way. But I, I didn't realize that that was particular, that that kind of violence was particular to music in the United States. I didn't realize because if you listen to, yeah. I, I can't even really find gangster like music. Like music well, about killing it doesn't really what, exist. South, I mean, in reggaeton or South America, or whatever. I mean, in most of those genres, and yeah, I, yeah. and I mean, granted, there's maybe some people like Unwell or somebody who has like a little bit of a. I've got the pistol. Yeah, but out me. here, it's like maybe a little bit of like Puerto Rican. When in hip in, in hip hop in the U.S., not, it's like completely. It's more than accepted. It's, it's like more than it's celebrated. It's celebrated, it's celebrated and and I and it's still celebrated. Like I was listening to some new rapper. uh I don't know if you've heard of this. There's like a Jewish rapper, um, not Jewish, kosher, kosher. Dicey, kosher, BLP kosher, something. something like that. And he's yeah, just, heard him, you heard yeah. that guy? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's like, like Orthodox, know, I think. I'm not sure, but I just, I, I mean, His I think style is very I, unorthodox. I mean, I think it's great to celebrate spirituality. I also think it's great yeah. to, to celebrate Judaism. I mean, I, I think it's something that's, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I think it's great to celebrate that. But the 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 killing that you know, I'm pretty sure, is not real, um, is just a strange thing. It's a strange element, you know, that people are like, I, I feel like they have to. They have to to pretend to be a killer in order to to get people's attention. That's what. Or they have to, to pretend. To right. I mean, didn't Tupac get trapped in in that image? I mean, he was raised in Marin County in a suburb. Yeah, yeah, but there's also like. I mean that's a that's tough because a lot of times like people will be telling the story and it's like yo maybe he maybe Pac never like smoked anyone but like you know all the people he around maybe they did or that you know it becomes a thing where it's like you're not just rapping for yourself even if you say something that you did you might be talking about you know what I mean but I love the way Wilson uh, is like like for <laughs> like you're willing to go down for Eminem or Tupac I'm like I got some songs I can play right now that I would love to add into the discussion. Cause I'm well, like, hold on, hold on. But Tupac made songs like, you know, Brenda's got a baby. And then he makes songs like I get around. Like it, it, you can't, you know, know, you're like, what? it's the same with Eminem. You're like, he's got Stan. And like the way I am, I'm like, I well, yeah. think that there's another, you're right. It's a multi, a multi-faced character. It's not, you know, there's 20 versions of Tupac. They're similarly with Eminem. And that's part of why, you know, I, I love both of them as artists. Those are two of my favorite artists. And, probably two of the main reasons why I began rap. The thing with Tupac that I find incredible is that he passed away when he was 25. And 25? I think he was 25. Um, and Tupac, the amount of power that he was able to put into, you know, he, he was like a revolutionary in, in a lot of ways. And I do think that there are moments where some of his, you know, some of his violence might be like misdirected or some of his, they might be empty threats. But I also, I, I think that he had great power and he, he was, he was an artist that was empowering for people. So I, and it's also true that you have to reconcile with the genre. Like if what is in the genre is this battle, you know, I'm going to like kill you and your squad. I'm going to take your girl, all this stuff. And that's what you're competing with. I understand that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not even really saying that this stuff is bad. It, it, it's more just like recognizing that, that certain, certain, mm, like styles need to be leaned on sometimes in order to get attention or to have impact. And 
and that's that. Like, I love Tupac, and I think that his music would probably seem more one-dimensional if it was just like on some, you know, political or like social issue stuff. You know, so without you could, like the the without the like life without. Is that what you're I saying? I mean, with yeah, without like some of like the other imperfect parts of, of you. yourself you. Yeah, you know yeah. like and, and, and i could never act like above that or i could mm-hmm. judge same way with too short with this sort of like pimping style i mean like any of these these artists like i mean it worked like it, it, it worked and and it's part of the the psyche of 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 the i don't know like of music consciousness so like i i think that you might add different things into the mix. If you were able to add something to the mix that helped people to reflect and, 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 you know, better their path. Great. If you added something that made someone feel like, you know what, I hate my life, but fuck it. I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to face it because that's what a Tupac song did for them. Or even an Eminem song. That's great. And, And then there's also negative impacts of listening to certain music that makes you, you know, lose sight of of real basic principles. Like, hit them up. no, no, I'm thinking more just like that. You know, men and women are intrinsically the same thing. Like, you, you know, when you start to see women as different from men, and there's a lot of that in hip hop. Like, she's a bitch, da da da. And there's like, you know, so there's flaws in it, but but there's also just like there's great power in rap. So, I mean, it's about as 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 imperfect as any other genre of art. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I love Tupac, but I mean, he did become that character because of, of the pressures of being like, oh, we're tougher than the East Coast. But and I will say Tupac also was like, like you said, he he, he was, he was uh, everything that he, like, I think, you know, I think he was a, I think he was a, philosopher i think it was a teacher i think it was a role model i also think he was a uh you know thug whatever you want to call it i think he was a gangster like you know what i mean i think he was uh you know she probably was a misogynist i also probably a mama's boy you know what i'm saying like i just i feel like yeah to try to say that he was you know this and then the rest was kind of this character he i think he was all of it and that's what created him but as far as like you know, Tupac. But hold on, I was going to say earlier, you're talking about like music and what it does. And that instantly made me think of uh, Nipsey Hussle, somebody else who also lost their life to, you know, that life to like gang violence or whatever. And, and somebody who, you know, preached, you know, one, where he was from and things that he did and still would do. And just, you know, about that life. And also the motivation, the ambition that he, that he, wanted everybody else to to really take from him he wasn't just saying i did this because i go hard and you'll never get it he was like you can do this too like trust in yourself you know believe you know what i mean like he really nipsey really was that you know at least for me i mean i don't know but all right this seems like a good point to uh take a break and play another tune especially a tune coming from the heart because Wilson's definitely coming from the heart there. By the way, his audio gets better. That was just a a passing weirdness in the internet connection. Um, So please stick with it and don't think it's going to be all funky for the rest of the show. Isn't it weird how funky is good and bad? I mean, it's a weird thing. Like, oh, my shirt kind of smells kind of funky, right? Or I don't know about this yogurt smelling kind of funky. You don't want to eat funky yogurt, right? But 
funky music. Fuck yeah. By the way, funk, little tidbit of information for you here. <clears throat> the word funk comes from the word mofunke from, um, I don't remember what tribe, but a West African tribe. And it means positive sweat. I love that. Positive sweat. So it's not the sweat you get from working. It's the sweat you get from fucking and dancing and playing and doing fun things. Fun sweat. It's way different from work sweat. But it's still sweat, right? You got to pay attention to these things. All right. So I'm going to play a tune, one of my favorites, obviously. I'm not going to play songs that aren't my favorites. Uh, this is called Better World. And it really, um, it gets at what I was saying earlier about the sincerity and the the sort of um, the hopefulness and the heartbreak of knowing that the world could be better than this. And somehow we keep fucking it up. This is Better World by Nomads. I never knew that life would be this way For all my peoples in the struggle who got bills to pay I heard another young kid and got killed today And I can understand the reason, God, I feel your pain While we sinning and we blame it on the times we live We shouldn't have to work this hard to still be positive I don't want to hear you tell me that's the way it is Cause don't we all know yeah. the world should be better than this Hey yo, yeah. it's more than just a story that you watch on the news Cause if you think there ain't a problem, then I'm talking to you Like just the other day, another kid got shot for his shoes They getting picked up for prison as they dropping from schools Why they give us lack of options Tax dollars for troops, then got the nerve to turn around and ask what's wrong with the youth. Most of y'all stuck in the middle trying to offer a truce. Watch as they put up their hands, still the officer shoots. I'm done fighting these laws, done dealing with cops. I ain't done doing dirt, I'm just done getting caught. Couldn't do it for myself, but I could do it for pops. It's twice as hard to ask for help when you could use it a lot. But I'm so glad I listened when he said we needed to talk. Cause just a week after that, my boy Jay Weezy got locked. And now he's looking at 10, but get out who knows when. And so until that day, I'ma sing it again and again. I never knew that life would be this. This way for all my peoples in the struggle who got bills to pay. I heard another young kid and got killed today. And I can understand the reason God I feel your pain. While we sinning and we blame it on the times we live. We shouldn't have to work this hard to still be positive. I don't wanna hear you tell me that's the way it is. Cause don't we all know the world should be better than this? Yeah. Somebody tell me what's the meaning of life. When people sleeping on the streets, God, this shit isn't right. You at the strip club throwing dollars, making it rain. Right off a of skid row, kids be putting H in their veins. I got some friends who chasing money, do the corporate thing. But sort of lost the value to me because the morals have changed We on a cell phone scrolling for the fortune and fame Feels like the best that we can hope for is more of the same Plus the way they use religion, God, it hurts my soul To shame a woman for abortion or birth control When she can't afford a mortgage up a food in the stove And the housing scandal when it dug is deep in a hole Now, bury the truth beneath a pile of money Another cop will pay leave without a trial or nothing, uh Blame the victim, time to change the system I keep on praying for the day the world will finally listen, come on I never knew that life would be this way For all my people's in the struggle who got bills to pay I heard another young kid and got killed today And I can't understand the reason, God, I feel your pain While we sinning and we blaming on the times we live We shouldn't have to work this hard to be positive I don't want to hear you tell me that's the way it is Cause don't we all know the world should be better than this, yeah
Well, that that's, I mean, getting back, I don't want to blow more smoke up your ass, but I think what you guys do is really valuable because it's expanding the genre, right? It's, it's the sort of sincerity and the local, like you're not pretending you're from South Central, right? You, you're, right. you're talking about like, again, and that's, I think it's in memories where you say, I, I hope I be, when I die, I become rain and go up into the clouds and you know, uh, bring water to the plants and the trees. And it's such a local um, set of images and, and sort of perspective on the world, which, you know, getting back to what you guys were saying earlier, if you are extremely honest and extremely personal, you find a universality in that because what people are looking for is, is this person, you know, are they really talking from the heart? And if they are, I don't give a shit where they're from. They could be from, fucking des moines right they don't need to be from a particular place and a lot of these rappers who maybe were sort of like pigeonholed into one one character have immense wisdom um and that's like what we took from it you know like there's a, a rapper from from a while back named Raskash, and like this is this is an artist that we ended up doing a track with but i remember listening to his album soul, soul on ice, ice. And like, if you were just listening to it on, on one layer, you'd think, no, it's like, you know, he, he's just like a criminal or this or that. And it's like, you know, that's not the point. Like the point is where do you find the wisdom? Where do you, where do you see the, the, the story? Um, I appreciate you, you seeing the, the value of a song like Memories. Not everybody can, yeah. can connect with those lines in the same way, but it's, it's authentic to us. So is that I cello hope- in that song? Yeah, there's there's cello. There's also violin. I mean, like I said, our our composer, uh, Peter Lee Johnson, he's, uh, you know, he's been a violinist since he was three or four years old. And he he plays the violin on, you know, most of the Ariana Grande songs you hear. He he did the 34, 35 and the positions and and he's just a master. So so his solo at the end of Memories is is something incredible. And and the tones of that of that song. But. Yeah, that that and 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 the the lyrics of that song are are really like they're authentic, and that's the feel of the music. I mean, you might have different moods that you convey on on different tracks, but yeah, I hope one day we become clouds to fall like rain to feed the ground. I mean, it's simple, but to me, that's pretty in tune with 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 my spiritual philosophy. You know, like I think everyone sort of has their their way of seeing the afterlife or or death and and you know cycle of life yeah or the cycle of life and it's like it, it's pretty simple but that that's our our version of 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 that idea so i don't want people to yeah. get the idea that like all nomad songs are like super about contemplative about, <laughs> about leaves about <laughs> overcast skies what what's the story behind 101 the good stuff where you sample Billy Joel so fucking beautifully. And I just see like girls in a convertible going down the highway. Um, what's the good stuff? You're on your way to pick up some weed. Is that, is that what it is? That's like, that's like probably what my dad would say. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably older than nah, I apologize. Dad, so. <laughs> it's a, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. So 101, that's the, that's the highway that goes down the West coast. And the, I remember 
we were putting together the new school album and it's sort of at if you listen to that album if you listen to our stuff prior to that album it was like a little bit more uh boom bap it was a little bit more like loops and and maybe like tribe called quest let's just say samples and we were we were shopping beats from this producer who used to produce for the far side and that was sort of our sound going into that record um and we we met up with a producer named des and we got two beats from him and one was the 101 and actually all we got was just the sample loop um and a chorus that he he had a somebody had written um but then we we and then we uh record we re-recorded the um the chorus with camila recchio pete pete played just kind of like replayed everything and then just added a ton more and just completely made it this you know kind of monster that it I mean, it, it, it maybe it sounds like uh, less organic or something, but it was actually really interesting for us because that was probably our first approach to making a pop song. You know, uh, we're a lot more familiar with the process of making pop music at this point because what you have is you have people who have different ideas and loops. Maybe you have a, a musician who's played a loop and that gets heard by a you know, a songwriter who comes up with like some idea for it. And that's before it makes it to any big artist. And then once you have that idea, maybe they rewrite the lyrics, maybe they have it sung and performed by Rihanna. And then at that point you have somebody come in and do like the, the final bass, the final drum layers. And, you know, you could switch the order of, of those events, but but that was really what we began to do with new school. So we would write something to a loop. We did the same thing with Smoker's Corner. We we would make like a rough draft of a song. We wouldn't have like a full beat. And then you just write your verse, which is sort of like, you know, the Wu-Tang, Tribe Called Quest. sort of. Well, sometimes of you end up with just, you know, like beat, lyrics, and that's just what you got as opposed to kind of like. Yeah, and I, and I think with a- that's beautiful as well. You know, you hear DJ Premier, you hear Pete Rock, and you got somebody on top of it and like you just have 16 bars to to wow people and that and i love that but we began to make something new with with new school so 101 again that's the the highway that goes from seattle to la i had just moved to la the good stuff sure it's it's like that dope you the know it was to have that sound but not lose the because if you hear what we're actually talking about like it's it's not <laughs> it's not poppy you know what i'm saying but the sound and the song it gives you that feel of like you know don't listen don't really listen to what we're saying just kind of you know <laughs> i mean enjoy it, it. honestly or at least you know what i mean i just so I, I just wanted to say the good stuff could be weed to you but the good stuff could also just be like interpretation positivity it could be good vibes like you could be somebody who's like i've got this motivation good energy i've got the good stuff and or I've got something to sell, you know, I've got something that, that is, that is worth, like I've got product and product to somebody could mean drugs product to somebody else could mean, Jesus Christ, man. I'm hungry. Sorry. It could, it could mean like, you know, you have good art, you have, um, and I will say, you know, we were recently offered $40,000 for the rights to that song 101. And we turned it down because somebody offers you that like it's going to be worth more i and 
and time we probably invested about a thousand dollars into making that song so that for us was a huge win there are times when we perform that song and i i do think it's poppy i think it's poppy because there are some lines i say at the end of that song uh I got a deal to make foreign models in real estate. Shorty riding with me. She's so high. I can't feel a face. That doesn't mean anything to me. Like that's really a reflection of the pop culture of that moment. Like the weekend again, who was one of the biggest artists I at the time. I can't now. feel my face. It's like, and, and a lot of artists do that. You know, you're tapping into what people feel like they've already heard and, and putting your spin on it. You know, it's like being part of, of what's popular. So, and I, and I also don't think pop music is bad. I just think that, like, you should be aware of, of, of what it is that you're making and what does it reflect. And if you're able to make an authentic song that is also a pop hit, like Hey Ya, or even a song like Dancing Monkey, which I think is an incredible pop song. Yeah. And there are tons of examples of that. Like, and sometimes people go the other way. They think, oh, no, we got to make something organic and it's got to have this and that. And, you, and then you end up making something that no one wants to live to. So I'm serious. No, I know. That's... And, and, and the thing that's that's also worth being aware of is like when you're producing a pop song, it's almost like making a movie. It's not like one person shot Avatar on their camera. You know, it's like you have a team going into it. So when you hear a Bruno Mars song that's incredible each line the, the transitions you know there's there's a team of of, of geniuses that put that together army um but yeah i mean we we did that with 101 and and we did that with a couple other songs on that record and then there's other songs that perhaps are a little bit looser or you know we were like we're going to stay authentic with this and if this song doesn't get as many plays it doesn't matter to us and and that's how i feel about memories like yes, that's probably my, my favorite, favorite track song, yeah and it's just about, you know, I remember riding the Greyhound up to Bellingham at a time when, you know, I didn't have a car and and ref reflecting on certain things like and and there's also something there's like great richness in being able to to turn moments when you feel like you don't have anything into into art. And, and we did that, um, you know, like I think of moments where I didn't have material things, but. I turned it into a song that made me feel rich. So I think, and I'm sure that many, many uh, artists across all genres and writers have always felt that way. Like, you know, if you can turn a, a struggle or a, a moment of, of, of lack actually into a moment of, of fullness because you just wrote a story about it, you know, that that's, yeah, there's great power in that. I was and I, I lived in Topanga near LA for a few years <clears throat> and uh, there were big fires down there in Malibu and I was evacuated uh -huh. for 10 days or so. And uh, when they let us back in, we didn't know if our, if the house was going to be there or not, you know, you mean like recently, like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. 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 The Malibu fire. Okay. So when I went back in, I was disappointed that the house didn't burn down because the experience of losing all my shit in a fire would have been worth more to me than having my shit, you know? <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty profound. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I relate to what you're saying. In other words, like if you can, even if it's a really painful experience uh, to me, it's all, a, it becomes a story. It's like, Oh, this is an experience I had. How do I turn this into a story? How do I turn this into art? How do I, you know, how does this experience enrich my life? 
you know, and I, I, it even goes back to one of my favorite lines from, I think it's from memories as well. My drive don't mean shit if I'm asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's such a great line, man. Uh, you know, Thank you. all this stuff we're talking about ambition and success and being trapped in the character that you're playing, you know? So that's what so that, that line actually, what I say is, um, and if you're ever in Seattle, make sure you stop by the Lock and Keel. Jesus <laughs> it was like my, you know, my bar, my one of my favorite little spots. That anyway, but it's it's also what I say is um, Wilson this, really is that character. You know, like like he's playing that character on record and unapologetic. He also <laughs> wants you to go to this well, bar. You, yeah. I mean, no, you nobody. two are so, hilarious, man. You're like the fucking odd couple. <laughs> and, you know like the way you're playing off each other is really funny like I, we should do a talk show or something uh because the, so the lock and cue oh yeah sorry, sorry. go ahead no no go ahead. All, all i was gonna say is yeah because the line is for every night every night that we all meet at the keel i go home and write a poem i know my people can feel why i'm trying to kick it less that's just keeping it real because my drive don't mean shit if i'm asleep at the wheel and really what i'm 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 talking about is alcoholism <laughs> being um no, but like, because uh, I used to spend way too much time there. Okay. And, <laughs> but then but I remember when I, <laughs> I remember when I, um, but I remember either uh, cutting back or completely not drinking, but still wanting to go see my friends and stuff. And that kind of like everybody, you know, after I hang out for like a little bit, I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go home. Cause I kind of would weigh like, am I, do I want to be here more or do I want to like be kind of writing a song more? Or like be you know in that creative mind space, and, and I would, um, and I was very, um, very passionate, very determined to you know do whatever I needed to do to be able to make it happen, to be, to be successful, and to take it to the you know our careers to the next level. But it's very easy to like to confuse you know movement with progress. It's mm. like you know sometimes. I feel, you know, like running in place and, you know, you feel you're tired, you're, you know, but you're not actually going anywhere. Yeah. And that was just kind of like a, me speaking on myself, but also a lot of my, you know, the people I would surround myself with being like, you know, people, I don't know, that drive don't mean shit. If like you're asleep with the wheel, like they're doing have, the corporate you know, thing and the- or, or both, like everything from, you know, illegal or legal, <laughs> yeah. uh, but just people kind of like, you know, um, wanting something and but not actually doing like the the little steps to be able to try to get there so that was kind of like when i you know yeah i I mean step back from certain things and you have a dream or or a goal but without a plan like pretty much but you know you you said something there uh chris that that struck me actually gave me chills um at first i thought you are crazy for for wanting to burn your wishing your your home had burned down and then i realized that that's actually basically how i felt with the into the sunset album the last album we made um because i basically destroyed a relationship um in the process of making that album and i think i was partially conscious of it and i and if i look at a lot of our it's got to be worth it a lot of our records you know it's like because I look at some of the the motifs I've leaned on, you know, depression or, you know, being on your last dollar or uh, heartbreak and like how much of that, you know, uh, is conscious. 
you know, like the the self destruction that that fuels creation. Burning your house down is one thing, but like burning your house down every single day. No, I mean, being, no, but I'm just saying, and being like, this is, you know, there's there's a, a reason to this. There there has to be like a, you know, um, I mean, great great art is fueled out of necessity, and I think mm. I became aware of that, like in my late twenties, I don't think I was really that aware of it when I was younger, but you know, like I ruined relationships early on. I, I was like estranged from my family in, in like my early twenties, like 20 to 23, 24. And like, that was part of my story. And like at the same time, and, and some of it is, is controllable and some of it's not, you know, similar when I, when I see some artists talking about mental health issues you know, like, I I actually, I think some of it can be tamed and some of it can't. And I think that's partially why I, you know, made so, so much music is because that was a way uh -huh. for me to, to cope with, you know, feeling mentally unstable or, you know, that was, you know, you, you take a a borderline psychosis and you put it into a record and it creates like a borderline genius song and and that's great but then you might come to a point where you're like wait am i consciously or unconsciously putting myself in struggle or 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 ruining my life in order to make another beautiful record and you know like with the into the sunset album I, I remember like around that time i i also heard this this um this fact about how some blues singers there was like or maybe it was yeah i think it was blues or maybe it was soul singers who would actually hire women to break their hearts like there was a, a singer <laughs> and it sounds so ridiculous until you recognize that <laughs> Yeah. A heartbroken Adele makes Gosh. much better music than, you know, an Adele who's just just doing well with kids or whatever. And and it's not. I mean, or and it doesn't even have to be with love. You know, you you yeah, but I know Amy Winehouse. Good, that's very good. And you're like that toxic relationship fuels mm. or or a Kurt Cobain. Mm, there you go. And and it's across the board. And then yeah. like, and. I also, you know, I have great respect for somebody who's able to make to make art in harmony because I don't think art always has to be a reflection of pain. I, I do think that for a while I was like, well, sincere art is a way for you to sort of, you know, shed pain and, and talk about like, you know, struggle and getting through it. And 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 if you lack that, then it's just entertainment and it's it's missing something. But I do think it's possible to make beautiful art that's beyond pain but it, but it's but that's pretty hard you know like it, it's yeah so la last question for you guys because i i don't want to overstay my welcome here but uh your voices work so well together you, you make such a nice contrast is that just good luck or did you guys kind of grow into these voices as you were creating together you know i I would encourage you to listen to <laughs> to some of the stuff we made in like 2006, 2007 um, to hear the evolution of the voices. I wouldn't say that we 
consciously were like, I need to develop this style of voice or that. I think we we did it on our own. And I mean, our career as nomads is like, we're coming up on 17 years, I think. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> and how old are you guys? You're like early 30s? So we're, yeah, we're 30. 32. Uh, we both turned 33. I My birthday is August 8th. Wilson's is August 9th. Both named Tom. Both use this cadence when we're delivering a joke. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like I have a, a solo record that I put out in 2010. And, and that was probably the first time I started trying to use my voice in, in different ways, sort of, you know, having this low tone that I use. And and I think every artist goes through their own process of finding their voice, both in what they're saying and how they're conveying it. Um, Wilson, from a young age, I think because he just like smoked cigarettes as a small child, uh, he kind of had the doper voice. Um, nah, I just Still, actually, people, you know, like I'll show people uh, our music in, in Colombia and they'll be like, oh, like, lo más bajo, o sea, like they'll they'll be like you know basically like the deep voice guy is Wilson and so I never say really what you just. <laughs> say what you guess. I mean it takes a lot like, of Parliament full flavors to, to reach that <laughs> that tone. Lucky strike. And it's it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, lucky it's kind of like it's a trade off. You know, it's, it sort of reminds me of what you're saying about dancing in the moonlight. Like, is it worth smoking? <laughs> Two hundred thousand parliaments to have the deeper voice. I did quit six months ago. Though, yeah, so no, Wilson. Wilson has been smoking a uh, uh, the vape, a vape, which is huge. Very uncool, though. I would say in terms of us, <laughs> I would say in terms of tones that it it, it worked out. Some things perhaps are, are coincidence. If you believe, you know, everything in the world is. We've random. also just made so much music. We've together. made so much music together. We found ways to to work well with one another. Yeah, and right. that's we also we also trust each other's you know input on something to where it's very easy to and that didn't come that came from years of trial and error. Yeah, and working together and find yeah finding ways. Like, you know, like people haven't heard the things. Even some of the stuff we've released, you know, we felt like certain things didn't work. But there, we probably made like more than 500 songs right. together right. all the way to recording, you know, and, and written more than that. Tried, you know, we tried so many things. Wilson will still make fun of the some of the early choruses because, you know, I was just trying to sing in sort of an ex- experimental creative way. It sounds horrible. But then later, later on, it, you know, you found something that really works. So... But I would say more so than the tones, it's about like having a cohesive way to to fit on songs with one another, having our stories mm-hmm. and our perspectives, because they're not the same, like finding ways for our perspectives to work because we don't pretend to be the same character because mm-hmm. we're not. But we do try to have a track like memories or attract like uh waves complex animals you know some of these songs where it's like this is my perspective on it this is where i hone in and then and then wilson comes in with another style and there's not a lot of of rap groups these days i mean i i can't even really think think of of, like a rap duo yeah you know and, and and you know when i think of fuji's or a tribe called quest or or outcast it made it that much more expansive when you could hear big boy and andre when you could hear lauren hill and wyclef 
it just expanded the 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 perspective so i think the tones work well but but more so finding ways to harmonize in terms of um mm, i like that harmonizing yeah and content, sometimes it doesn't work energy, you know like there there are some some stuff you know wilson has a track 15 summers that's a nomads track and like i i sort of touch it but you know that's more his story um and and similarly like there's a track i made called god and that's more of like my perspective and but I would say we've done it more than a hundred times where we find that sweet spot where we can like, you know, meet on the track with two different perspectives. Yeah. When, when you both do that, <clears throat> you know, it, it adds a third element to the on stage, right? There's you, there's Tom one, there's Tom two, and then there's the relationship between you two guys, which is mm -hmm. like a third, a third character in the way you, your energy harmonizes not even vocally just energetically is um is fantastic and and i just want to say i'm really glad because coming into this what i felt about you guys from the music was that you had a a humility that allowed you to sort of report from the journey without pretending that you'd arrived at any destination ah uh, i like that and I think that I, like that I really respect that. Like I'm 30 years older than you guys. And, uh, but I hang out with a lot of people your age. My partner's 34. A lot of our friends that are in their thirties. And the thing is young people who know they're young, that's wisdom, right? Young people who are pretending they've got it figured out. They're the most lost of all. So I really enjoy this kind of like the sincerity, as I said earlier, but also the humility of like, I hear young men figuring shit out in your songs. And yeah. I, th I think that's, I mean, better world is, is one of the most touching songs. Uh, it's definitely, it's on my, my, you know, I got still have CDs in my car. It's from 2004. So I put, <laughs> I put these CDs in and hear the same songs over and over again. Um, but yeah, thanks for what you're doing. And thanks for, Thanks for the courage. It takes some balls to be as vulnerable and, and humble as you guys are. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Hope I didn't go on too long with that fanboy out on them. Um, yeah, but like I said earlier, I don't get, it's not about fame. It's not about, I mean, if anything, fame sort of makes it harder to relate to people. I think, you know, like how I, kind of freaked out when I met Peter Gabriel. Um, but uh, it's about whether somebody's channeling something through an open heart or not. And these guys definitely are. If you're going to be in Bellingham tomorrow night, that's the 8th, they're playing at the Blue Room. And uh, on the 14th, they'll be in Seattle uh, at a music festival, Fremont Festival, I think it is. Um, but you should go, if you enjoy these guys, go to their website, nomadfam.com. That's nomad with a K and, uh, check them out on tour. Uh, Pepe and Wilson are going to be in Colombia. So if you happen to be, si estás en Colombia, escuchando este podcast, pues no sé si van a cantar en Colombia o no, pero bueno. Escríbeme y te pongo en contacto con ellos. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I'll be back with you with Aroma very shortly.
got some shit I want to get off my chest. What would I do without you? I'd, I'd just be like one of those guys on a standing on a box on a street corner, like shouting. I guess I guess that's basically what I am in the uh, internet age. I'm a lunatic on a street corner. All right, I'm gonna play as promised, imperfect, beautiful tune that's releasing today. You will be among the first people in the world to hear the song. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Lots of love to everybody. Bye. Cause time it don't turn back. Life is getting old. Yeah. Time it don't turn back. Life is getting old. Things I cannot change. I feel the pain of letting go. Letting go. Letting go. Shedding light to heal the pain of letting go. Late at night, I ask for light to guide my soul. God knows I'm imperfect. And if I die before I wake, then Lord, just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I'm imperfect. And if I die before I wake, oh Lord, yeah. On God, we've been getting money. As if that's the only thing to make you worth something. Hunger pains on a sick stomach. I took everything I lost and made a hit from it. So with God as my witness, basking in the sunshine, asking for forgiveness. You've been throwing cash in the bag, fucking bitches, but the ego can't match that you really lack fulfillment. Hard for a man to admit when he been wrong. Same type of geniuses who went and built an atom bomb. Have mercy on me, where do I belong? Skyscrapers in the clouds like Babylon. Found God in the Amazon jungle. Light shines brighter in the souls of the humble. What if you realized I was you? And that God is inside and not above you. Late at night, I ask for light to guide my soul. God knows I'm imperfect. And if I die before I wake, then Lord, just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I'm imperfect. And if I die before I wake, oh Lord, yeah. And I can feel the past so visceral. I'm in a playlist I got, I can't listen to. Ain't saying that our love was superficial. I just think this should be different if our love was unconditional. And letting go of you would have me down bad. And like every song I would write, it make me sound sad. Left a future in the past, cause if you don't know the path, I don't think you're worth following. Why you bumping Travis Scott and Jay Baldwin? Quoting Drake lyrics, I was quoting James Baldwin. Taught the king's English, but I could never call it mine. Maybe cause my mother from an island that was colonized. People spending all their time praying to a dollar sign. See the correlation between the privilege and the qualified. Huh, maybe my words too heavy for them. Cause I can see the light inside of every form. I done laughed with the sun and cried with the moon. Resurrected God's flowers who die in the bloom. Wings of a butterfly was hiding inside a cocoon. I'm too hot for this world. Ain't trying to be cool. Unlived dreams build a home in the mind of a fool. My soul shine brighter than diamonds and jewels. God told me this is light work. If heaven's out there, I wonder if it's like earth. Time it don't turn back. Life is getting old Things I cannot change I feel the pain of letting go Letting go Letting go 
setting light to heal the pain of letting go. Late at night, I ask for light to guide my soul. God, no.